0: Last week I was talking to you uh, from the phrase in uh, Philippians chapter 3, where, Jesus, uh, where, where Paul is talking about the fellowship of Christ's sufferings. And I, I got into the sermon, uh, but then near the end I just got excited and tried to talk about where the sermon was going, but we didn't have time to go all the way through it. So this is part two. okay? Part two. Hallelujah. But Paul Paul is seeking by his example and by his teaching to lead this church into a mindset, a, something deeper than just, you know, the thoughts of the mind, but uh, a, a, a deep inner set of the heart okay, towards... Um, Towards having the mind of Christ, and towards having a, a mind okay, that is focused on seeking to know him, laying hold of him, gaining him, okay? Um, in, in, in every aspect. And so he talks, he talks in Philippians that he says that I that I might gain him and that I might be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, okay? that I might know him in his resurrection, and I might know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. Okay? He's longing to come to an intimate relationship with Jesus, an intimate experience and enjoyment of Christ okay? that goes deeper and deeper. And he's, he's not just talking about himself. He's wanting to call the whole church into that pursuit, the whole church, into that pursuit. And so we're looking at the fellowship of his sufferings, and I'm just going to go into this this teaching this morning. I ask that the Holy Spirit would just open our hearts. The fellowship of his suffering. Hallelujah. Now, uh, in talking about suffering, number one, I'm not prophesying suffering over you. Okay, Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Okay, I have overcome the world. Okay, that means that the person living in you, the life that has now come to live inside of you, has faced everything and overcome it. Okay, Okay. but he's honest with us. In this world, you are going to have pressure. You are going to have trial. You are, going to, you are going to face opposition and persecution. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Okay. You live in a world, the scripture says, 1 John, that is under the power of the evil one. Okay. And he's very at, much at work okay, in the children of disobedience. And so we live in a world where, where this, uh, a world that has rejected Christ, He has rejected all that Christ stands for. He's rejected the love of God through Christ. So it's, it should not surprise us that the world rejects us as well, that the world has a hatred and hostility towards us as well. Okay. So this should not surprise us. So Jesus, I'm, I'm not prophesying, okay, okay, suffering on you. I'm just telling you, okay, that suffering is what we will face and God God is right up front above it. Okay? But he wants you to know, he wants you to know about suffering and he wants you to know about the benefits of it. And so I'm just going to take you through this. Okay? First of all, the songwriter wrote this, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon the cross. Now I don't know how you sing that, but when I go, I go, oh thank God, I'll never know. Okay? I just will never know. I never will know how much it cost. I will never know, okay? Never comprehend the suffering and the death that he died for my redemption. I will never know that, because that was something that Christ did alone, okay? He came and he suffered and he died for the forgiveness of our sins and the redemption of our souls. And he did that alone. I will never know that. However, there is an aspect of the suffering of Christ that we are called to participate in him with. And so we need to understand that as well. So first, let me talk about suffering. The scriptures reveal that the fellowship in Christ's suffering is a facet of, of the love of God for us. Okay, and it's such a rich expression of his grace. I want you to know that Christ's suffering, not just his death, but his suffering has tremendous benefit to you and I as we are following Christ and as we are okay, setting our focus on his eternal glory. Let me just go through some benefits. Through the suffering of Christ, God has provided for us a clear understanding that the road every heir to eternal glory, every child of God, must take is a pathway of suffering. Even the Son of God was not exempt. So that you would know his total solidarity with you in the suffering, okay? and you would not think it strange when you pass through it, and you would not consider it to be God's punishment on your life. Okay? Hebrews 2, 10 to 13, for it was fitting for him, it's talking about Christ, for whom all things are all things and by whom all things are in bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Okay. Understand okay, that in order for Christ as a man to be exalted to the right hand of the throne of God, okay, for Christ as a man okay, to now be found worthy to open the seals, to bring judgment upon wickedness in this earth, and bring salvation to mankind, in order okay, to test and prove him as a man, he had to pass through suffering. Okay? And if we are called to rule and reign with him, okay, there is a testing that we must go through. There is a pathway of suffering in bringing many sons to glory. Romans 8, verses 16, 17 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. Hallelujah. Okay, So God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. And if children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him. A lot of times we just erase that part of the If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Okay, Christ himself had to go through the pathway of suffering okay, in order to sit upon the throne of glory. Okay? So we too, who are heirs of that eternal glory, who are co-heirs with Christ... Okay, must pass through the same suffer- uh, pathway. Okay, but we can have confidence. Okay, this is not strange. This is not strange. This pathway was already pioneered. Okay, through Christ's suffering, God in love has provided for us a clear view of the destiny that that pathway will take us and a clear focus for our faith. Hebrews twelve, one to four. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's Hebrews chapter eleven, okay, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author of and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. The, your thinking, your emotional response, okay, to having to walk that same pathway. Okay? You have not yet resisted to blood, striving against sin. Okay. Christ, okay, in facing the suffering that he had to endure in the garden, sweat drops of blood through the very pores of his body. He was under such anguish of heart. You've never and never will ever come to that level of facing suffering. Okay, But now fix your eyes on Jesus. Okay? I want you to see that after he went through the pathway of suffering, Okay. He now has been exalted to the right hand of God. I want you to understand the destiny that this pathway takes you to. Okay. So that you're not discouraged in the process. Okay. So that you're not troubled. Okay. As you go through the process. Hebrews 4, 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. For even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day, okay? For our light affliction, this is the apostle Paul talking, <laughs> whose list of what he had to endure for Christ is just mind boggling, okay? But he says, okay, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at what is seen, the circumstances that we're going through, okay? But at what is not seen, okay? For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Through Christ's suffering, God has provided for his children a clear understanding of the nature of God's love. Okay? Oh, God, if you loved me, you would not allow me to go through this. God, where are you? Okay? If you loved me, okay, you'd rescue me from this. Okay? Jesus' suffering gives us a clear understanding of the nature of God's love. Okay? Hebrews 12, 5 and 6. I'm just reading the Bible, guys. Okay? Okay? And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons, heirs, okay? My son, my heir, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, okay? And scourges every son who he receives. Okay? Now, what the, what the writer of Hebrews is talking about okay, is not God punishing, okay, but God allowing us to go through the chastening process of suffering okay, in order to deal with issues that need to be dealt with to purify us. Okay? For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son who he receives. That's a quote from Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. Let me continue to read from Hebrews 12, 7 to 11. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, you are illegitimate and not sons. Okay? Furthermore, we have human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we, much, shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the father of our spirit and live? For they indeed, for a few days, chastened us as seemed best to them. But he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness, through the process of suffering, he separates us, okay, from those affections, okay, that are linked to this world, okay, and and he separates us unto. Okay, himself. Okay. Now, no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Romans 8, 28 and 29, okay, links itself directly to this. And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God. Okay, we love him because he first loved us. Okay? So to those who know that God loves them, and they are trusting in his love, okay? To those that love God and are called according to his purpose, okay? It works, all things work together towards good, okay? What is his purpose, okay? For whom he foreknew, knew, he also did predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn Among, among many brethren. So God is working together, okay, all things together for good, okay, to those, okay, who love God and to those who are embracing His purpose, which is to conform us into the image of His Son, okay. So He's working, okay, He allows the circumstances, He allows circumstances to come into our lives which he could easily in his sovereignty prevent. But he in his love understands that to pamper us is to ruin us. Okay? But to allow us to face these things is to perfect us. Okay? Okay. So, okay, beloved, oh, what love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God, and that is what we are. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. Okay? But we know that when we see him, we will be like him. Okay? Anyone who has this hope in them okay, purifies themselves. In other words, yields to the purifying process, even as he is pure. Okay? So God in his love okay, is showing us. The reality of suffering, which he allowed his own son to go through, and the the purpose of suffering, which he will allow us to go through, in order that he might cause us to share in his holiness and to be trained in righteousness. Righteousness. Through Christ's suffering, God, through His grace, has provided us with a clear example of what it means to surrender our lives in trust to God in seasons of suffering. So think think of what an incredible gift the suffering of Christ is to us. To show us Give us an understanding of the process to show us the very nature of God's love. To to show us the destiny this pathway will take us on so that we can have much courage and much hope. In other words, Jesus Christ did not pull the exemption card in order that he might be able to show us. 1 okay. Peter 2, For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving an us, us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. And then 1 F- Peter goes on to show how Christ responded to the threats, okay, to the suffering. and how he entrusted himself to God in the process. He left us an example of how we are to walk through suffering. Through Christ's suffering, God has provided us with a high priest, one who can fully empathize with our weakness, imparting to us his comfort and strength through all of our trials and all of our suffering. We have one who did not pull the exempt card. Okay? We have one who went through the entire pathway of suffering. Okay? The first one. Okay? And so, when we go through suffering, the Christ who is with us is there to speak the words that we need to strengthen and encourage us. He is there to remind us that he has already gone through this for us. And because he lives in us, he is able to impart to us the strength and the courage we need to be able to endure. Hallelujah. And since he is our intercessor. He knows how to lay hold of God for us. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2 verse 18, for in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. John 16, these things I have spoken to you that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world.